This is the Green Strength Podcast with Lucius Tyree IV, where the mission is building strength, enhancing performance, and uplifting consciousness. So tune in with the mind, body, and spirit, and let's get moving. Am I just wearing headphones? Yes. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Leave on. Um, what about now? I can hear everything okay. now. Make sure I put the right headphones. <laughs> just wearing headphones. I just want to look the look. I don't even want to. doesn't matter. Yeah. No, you got it now. The nuance <laughs> of things, though, the details, the nuance, that's what we were talking about before we got in here. And, man, I just really... We're, Tara and I were talking about yesterday's workout that we did where we were doing the walking presses yeah. and the kind of rack hold march position and just going through like the little detailed nuanced pieces of those exercises and like how much we loved them, like how it, it like f- almost forces you to really pay attention to those details. Like it really kind of funnels you down to where if you're doing these things right, you got to pay attention to those details, which is hard. I feel like it has to be hard to get across to people. Well, that's kind of, that's a question to you, I guess, that I was thinking here is what do we expect of, of everybody? Like is the most important thing for people to understand that ultimately, you know, being, uh, being happy, healthy, able to move, partaking in something they enjoy as long as that is suiting them there's no argument to that but how the simplest things can just continue to go it's like okay well that was just a basic hold i know but there's going to be years of exploration within that exact exercise Mm -hmm. and it's gonna be so individual on on like your seasons as a person and like where you are if you're banged up you're not like whatever it is um, and I find that like interesting. I'm regaining love to what, you know, the kettlebell, the moving, um, just doing what I used to do, which was explore and, um, the ability to continue exploration comes with what we're talking about. Like I've got to figure out how to continue to learn with this tool. And, um, when you have that mindset, you realize like that never ends. Like, well, there's plenty (laughs) like, you know, but, and I don't think it's bad about anybody, but we, we both know that there were, there are people that did that same hold and held that leg up. And it's like, I did it today. You know, I got it for 30 seconds. Like what's next. And it's like, that's an interesting thing. Um, the post I told you I didn't save a minute ago that I was mad. It was, was just a, a nice write up from a lady on Instagram. She had a really cool post about, that you're not like, it's okay. You're doing all these things, but you're not training and there's nothing wrong with those things there. And they have good as, as we both know, but it's not training. And, um, that's kind of, that's kind of what we see in, in people, their, their level of individual desire to continue to, to, to learn. I love that. Definitely like creating a definition here for training because you can show up and, okay, Coach Luke has designed this workout. I'm going to do this workout today. I'm going to finish the workout. Felt good. Good workout. Got some benefit. I'm going to go home and I'll be back next time and I'll do the workout. But you've really, I think, 
for me, you've been spending some extra time, like putting some of that, shifting it from working out to training where, for example, yesterday, one of the things we did, this really stuck out to me was a single arm kettlebell in the rack position, five squats, Mm -hmm. simple, right? Yeah. And it's like, okay, I know how to clean a kettlebell. I can hold it in rack here and I can do squats. And you came over and you like made this one little tweak that you wouldn't even visibly perceive. Right. Right. I mean, you did with your years of experience, but most people wouldn't even perceive this idea where you're like, okay, put a little bit more engagement to bring your arms in, bring your elbow in, engage the lat and it engages everything. And then like do your squat now. And it's like, that is a completely different experience. And that's where then the training comes in of, okay, we've completely sort of changed the dynamic here by one little thing that we're going to try to improve. And it makes what was at the time a lightweight feel a whole lot heavier in a way. Like it just, it made everything work more. And it's like, okay, this is how I can take something that was pretty easy and make it a little bit harder by going just a little bit deeper into some of these details and really turning it into training. It's a completely di- it's not a completely different exercise. It's the same pattern, but the variable now that you and I have created like that you've done and that I can talk to you about it's like okay, I can almost make a different name up for that squat now because that squat has as limits. It we were able to do that because a the size of the bell and just your makeup of leverage and position as that bell gets bigger, that then things change. And now we're at different nuances, different skill sets, but there's still different qualities throughout the body that we can build. And no, it's not the stuff you see, you know, legs are legs. Quads are going to grow if we squat and those little changes don't make that much of a difference there, but they make a difference between the relationship between the shoulders and the pelvis and everything in between from a 360 degree, like stability standpoint, you felt that internally deep, you know, within. So that is the interesting thing about that's the skill that I find interesting in like, I don't want to say strength conditioning. I want to say physical culture. just our exploration of, of playing is not just developing the mind and the willpower to do, but developing a mind muscle, mind body connection. And when that, it sounds, you know, sound like we're talking crystals here, but when that like happens, that's when a whole new universe of training opens up. And I, I love watching, you know, still my favorite Steve Cotter, our man, our sensei, the OG, but He's always just posting the most simple, basic movement, exploration, tune in, you know, tap into your mind, your body, feel it from the floor up and uh, just do and be you. And that's that's we know that to be successful in all sorts of things from from mental mental health all the way to physical health. We it's everything in between It's just play, move. And as we do that, we have to have some sort of passion and desire to, to like keep playing. Like, how do we make this better? You know, how do we make this more enjoyable? Yeah. And, and we were, you know, we kind of got into this conversation in the context of jujitsu because you were telling me you went to a class today and you learned. It's funny the way you, you started out by saying, I learned these two new chokes, but then it really became 
I didn't actually learn any new choke. I just learned some details mm-hmm. about how to make these things more effective. And, yeah. and that was, that's been my experience so much in jujitsu. It was like, okay, I learned this thing when I first started and I kind of set it aside because I'm like, oh, this thing doesn't work for me. And it's not that it didn't work for me. It's that I just knew a basic understanding of how to do that series of movements. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was able to put some more pieces and nuance and detail and really start to explore that series of movements that now it works. Mm-hmm. Now I can make it actually, you know, effective against somebody who may be resisting me. Right. And so now I can, in this choke, now I can get that finish on the choke, make it more effective where that's just a completely different experience than, you know, and this is something that we do with our hobbies most of the time, where it's yeah. a sport or whatever. We go so deep into wanting to learn more. We want to like explore all the details so that we can get better. Uh, but man, it like it is something that I feel like gets missed a lot in this like air quoting here strength and conditioning world, where it's like, well, I just got to go in and do my presses and and over time do more weight, and I'm going to get stronger and all that without yeah. actually getting into the more details of the movement. Yeah, I mean, okay, so at every gym around right now. And this is what I always tell, there's a good group of young athletes here in the morning. I love watching them train with Coach K and doing their stuff because I'll get to jump in every once in a while. And he's taking them through strength and conditioning, but I get that one moment to kind of talk about like everything outside of that, you know? Um, And him be able to, you know, tell those guys like, hey, listen up, like this is real information. It's like, boys, Everybody's doing the same thing in every gym around here. We're lunging, we're squatting, we're swinging things, we're throwing some. All these exercises and books have been out for a long time. We're all pretty much aware of the same exercises. What are you like? What are you getting out of these exercises? What like what can I teach you and help you understand what the same thing that all your friends are doing at other places and stuff? But how can I get you to understand that I'm seeing a what, why, and how? And I'm also seeing an individual, and I'm kind of I'm looking. I'm like, man, I can give you individual points to start thinking and feeling like, how do I get the most out of this exercise for me? Okay, I see why they always throw lunges in on a lower body day for these reasons. Okay, I've read up on it. I've actually studied into it. This is what they're teaching me. This guy's trying to talk he's talking about the foot but what he's talking about is how that foot connects into the ground to make my lunge better you know and that gets thrown around because that's there's a weird world and gap between you know physical therapists and movement people and and more holistic minded people they're not usually the ones that are over there squatting 500 pounds that's usually the you know the the harder person that the, the adrenaline filled person the power athlete and there's Everybody's got their differences. But when we can teach people the what's and why's to the basic things and then teach them how to get more for themselves and they start to realize that like, okay, and back like what I was saying was I like nowadays I'm not powerlifting and things anymore. So I get looked at as kind of the leader of the goofballs in the gym, you know, <laughs> the leader of got Greg over here monkeying around doing stuff and you're swinging ropes. And Michael's coming in swinging ropes. And, you know, these guys are always talking about the feet, but really it's like, no, what I'm talking about is to get you to understand how to root that damn foot in the ground on every power exercise from here on out. 
Think about it on your med ball throw. Think about it how we're pushing the prowler because everybody's pushing the prowler. But now every step intentionally, you're really working differently because you're thinking about the details as we know. And from the jujitsu standpoint, from the combat standpoint, we know that the difference between a, a finger-to-finger grip can be the difference between life and death. And so every single step of that prowler has a potential to make you better, you know, especially for years to come. Yeah. I think, man, I think it's something for people to just consider of when I'm, there's nothing wrong with like coming in and just doing the workout. I not at all. Sometimes and some days we need that, right? Like some days you're, you don't want to focus that much on it and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But at least like occasionally, thinking a little more deeply about that movement and okay, how can I make my get up just a little bit better? You know, what's, what's a detail that I'm missing and maybe that involves, and in fact, probably most times that would involve, Hey, let me grab one of the coaches and say, Hey, will you just watch this and give me just one little thing that I can improve upon today? Even if you're a trainee and you've been doing something for a couple of years and you can't start to tell me like what, why, how, where you struggle, where you're good at it. Like, there's your answer. Like you're not going to go anywhere if you don't have the data points inside. And I know a coach can take you, but there comes a time within a couple of years that the coach needs you to be on, you know, on the par. Yeah. So yeah, moving is fine. And I think the thing that we both would say like, Hey, I don't care if if people want to enjoy strength training, whatever they want to do physically is fine. To whatever degree, if you don't want to pay attention to the to the details, no big deal. The thing that I do ask, and I think that everybody should be doing no matter what, is kind of what we're about to talk about next, and that's moving. Even if you're mindlessly not thinking about all the details that we like to talk about in exercises and stuff, if you're not getting up and just thinking about creating space and creating movement and just getting things going inside your body, which is your mind as well, then I, that's, that's the world of, of disaster. That's where all, that's where disease and everything starts to take place. And that, that can be anything. I mean, just moving, I mean, literally get up and vacuum the house, (laughs) anything, something, something, but Man, I think that, you know, I, I'm not going to, I don't think a study to point somebody to, but I think it's obvious, nobody's going to disagree with this, that we have become a culture of non-movers. Yeah. I mean, especially, I'm just going to say, especially here in Oklahoma, right? You go to New York City, for example, people walk a lot because, you know, Chicago, people walk a lot. If you've ever been to a big city like that, there's just a lot more walking because driving sucks, right? Yeah. There's not nowhere to park, that kind of thing. Oklahoma is like very different because everybody has their own car. Everybody drives everywhere, big parking lots. So you can park, you can pull into your driveway and it's 10 steps to get inside your house. You know, we just, we're, especially here, I think are just a culture of non-movers. We what? don't have a walkable city or anything. <laughs> no. So I think that's, that's even more imperative that, and this goes back to our podcast where we talked about like what is the hypothetical healthy human, Yeah. Uh, even if you're still coming in for an hour a day, every day, every week, getting your, you know, your, your workout in. Yeah. But it's those other 23 hours too. And sometimes a walk is more valuable than a workout, you know, like, um, in, 
And there are times where I, I, po- I made a post about stress the other day, and it's just like the times when I'm the most stressed, whether it's physically and or mentally, a, a walk is better than, than the workout 100%. This is so and, funny. Tara, just before I got, so Tara is my wife, and I don't know if I've mentioned her on the podcast or not. In fact, I think she was admonishing me the other day of, uh, <laughs> she was joking <laughs> about not mentioning on the podcast, but she brought up this, that post that you made She's about the stress. Better, she, the, the better, so stronger. For one those of that you don't too. know, um, Tara is the, the much better <laughs> half of our relationship. She is, she's um, the true student that actually, no, I'm just kidding. God, no, you both are amazing. Yeah. But, uh, she is absolutely a student she, of movement and is, I could see her last night. Like that's, that's what we were talking about. I, I know I'm interrupting, but like, I can see that where she was thinking, she was engaged, and she was mentally and physically working harder. And that that was overcoming adversity and gave her excitement. That was a rewarding workout. Absolutely. In. She is uh, uh, amazing. I mean, because yeah. my, my tendency is towards laziness. I mean, honestly, mm-hmm. like my nature is to like, I'm going to sit on the couch and do whatever. She's the one who like Get creates out. that culture in her Let's house go. of getting out and doing things. Yeah. So, everything is is certainly a cast for her from her um but she was talking about that post you you mentioned and she's like oh my gosh that resonated so much with me because her thing is when she gets stressed her stress relief is movement but she Man. falls into that trap of yes the more stressed she is the harder she goes mm-hmm. and now she's compounding stress because that whole that's what that post what you're you're talking about Man, is yeah we fall in that trap where we're stressed out in life but then we add too much stress by going too hard on our workouts. Yeah. And that's a recipe for breaking down. Yeah. But you just mentioned it, that maybe sometimes a walk. Then don't better. go sit on your ass. Like that's <laughs> yeah. the other thing. Like, and I've been a victim of that back in the day when it used to just, when all I knew of fitness was just working out hard. Like, we didn't know health and move, you know, other stuff, but working out hard. If you're, if you're just, you're having a terrible time in, in life or day or whatever and stress. And it's like, I don't even want to go, bang those weights. I'm just going to chill and then I'll call it rest and recovery. It's the opposite. I mean, it's, it's taking you backwards. Um, so it, you know, it walking and moving is meditation. It is movement meditation. And it is some of the longest studied movement meditation. I mean, in, in all sorts of religions and cultures and walking is what we do. I mean, that's how we get from point A to point B. And there are people that are going to listen to this that are in that boat where they're going to start working out again, or they need to, they will maybe start, want to start working out. They got a lot of good questions and stuff. And it's like, it doesn't matter about the working out. I mean, it really doesn't. What matters is, well, save your life. And what'll make the biggest changes in your life. If you get up off your ass and you just start moving every day. And if you also kind of take what we were talking about at the first of this podcast and you put a little intention into those moments, then it's just going to keep snowballing and man, it's going to bring you nothing but value to some degree. Yeah. So I sent you something the other day that I wanted to talk about on the podcast because you have long been a proponent of walks, going for a walk, um, going for multiple walks, right? Uh, it's, I mean, again, you've, I, the number of times I've heard you talk about this of, you know, maybe we'll have a Saturday morning class and afterwards you're like, and everybody later today, go for a walk, at least 10 minutes, just 
go out, go for a walk. Yeah. But, but on the daily, and you've also talked about people that come in and they're like, I want you to help me get in better shape. I, I, you know, I need, I need a coach. And you're like, okay, well, you're going to spend the first month going for daily walks. And if you can prove to do that, then we'll progress to the next step. But like, let's start somewhere with, we're going to start walking. That's step one. But the thing that everybody gets real hung up on, I feel like that is, I don't know when I first heard it, but it's sometime within just the last probably 10 years, I guess, this concept of 10,000 walks, 10,000 steps a day. Mm -hmm. People are wearing watches and their phones and everything, track all these things. And it became a target of 10,000 steps a day. And you shared an article with me. I didn't know where this came from. And I actually thought this was really fascinating that evidently this came from a 1960s Japanese marketing campaign that was trying to get Japanese people to become more physically active because they had sort of adopted a little bit more Western style lifestyle and their average amount of steps went down to 4,000 a day. And so they had this big campaign to get, get them walking more 10,000 steps a day. And that's just sort of like this commonly thrown out thing of like, Oh, you got to get 10,000 steps a day, um, which I thought was kind of interesting, but. Well, one interesting thing with that is it, it's, they, they usually talk about how there's like four to, you know, the common person will burn about four to 500 calories in, in 10,000 steps. There's your 500 calorie. So we've always made everything in nutrition pretty much about, you know, giving you 500 calories up, 500 calories down or, or whatever it is. So that's uh pretty, that's pretty much how they came up with the, uh, the 10,000 calories. Cause if you are 500 ca or 500 calories in a deficit every day, that's 3,500 a week. And that is a pound and that makes everybody feel motivated. That's like the pace that everybody, everybody knows, keep, everybody's heard of. Yeah. But that 10,000 steps, I mean, I guess, are you, let me ask you this though. Are you familiar with where, how obsessive and how far people actually take this step counts and things like that? So I've definitely seen people like that I've worked with in offices and they'll, you know, with apps now, it's so connected where you'll have other people that are connected. So they're having, you yeah, know, the, yeah. the battles, the battles to see who gets the most steps and battles. things like that. But some people, I would have guessed that some people are pretty obsessive about things. I've worked with two people, names obviously will remain nameless, but <laughs> have literally got them from physical therapy and they can't stop. And it's just that chronic, it's that chronic, uh, and they like to play the games. They they do the the challenges with their friends and stuff. But it it's the chronic aerobic person that's just their leg is broken off, but they're continuing to just push. And um, I don't know. That's that interesting part of where a beautiful part of fitness and health we take it too far and we just become destructive with something. And I, man, I, I do that. Like I, I do that with my. I don't. I look at my iPhone at all the time, see my steps. Um, I do try to hit 10,000 steps a day and it wasn't for any of like the 500 calories. It just started becoming a, a, a goal of mine to like see how much more I could start moving. And I like to see how little it actually was to round up 10,000 calories. When I realized like there were days I didn't go walk the dog and it's like, oh, that's going to be, probably be hard. And you look down, it's like, no, I just went shopping and did this, did this, did this and vacuumed the house. And all of a sudden it's 10,000 calories or 10,000 steps. Um, but when, if people have, you know, the addictive personalities and things, I think it is really hard to kind of keep staying with that. Cause where do you go? 
do I, do I hit 10,000 calories or 10,000 steps every single day? And then that's going to, you're just going to want to see that continue. So I don't know. I was saying that, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, it just, it's interesting that 10,000 steps a day, I think I probably had very brief periods where I looked at that, but I just never, I don't know the idea of, Oh, you got to hit 10,000 steps a day. Like I just don't care about the tracking mindset it. to have. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to track it or have that hard number. I do want to move throughout the day. Yeah. Um, but I, I guess I just wanted to talk about this was sort of my question, I guess, or thought process of talking about the value of just walking. I mean, and like why that's such an important thing, why you are such a big proponent of walking, because it seems like such a nothing deal. I mean, it's obvious, like nobody's going to say walking is bad for you. I mean, that's obvious. But I guess to kind of get into like why you think that is such an important thing for people to be pretty much going on like daily walks and like what the value of walking is aside from you know, just this general nature of, of walking is good for you. I mean, uh, so just some more of that philosophy of why you might want to walk, how you might want to walk. I mean, it's it, again, going, like we talked about at the beginning, going into the nuance, the detail of like why we're doing things and, and the yeah. benefit of it. So think about that in the context of just walking. Well, we know well, I first like learned about joint mobility and learned that the synovial fluid terminology like okay you move a joint around and you naturally produce a little synovial fluid which is our little wd-40 and and so then it was i bought steve maxwell's mobility thing like early 2000 maybe even late 90s and i just realized like okay this man stood there in front of a camera and just showed me how to move every joint in my body and then also recommended that i just move every joint as many times as i am of age made total sense <laughs> it's like okay um but movement is medicine you know from a single joint standpoint the, the just the the movement of one joint starts to create a joint cleansing effect that happens naturally within the body and as we start to travel and move as we were designed to do like man it just it hormonally physiologically biologically mindset wise it has it tunes into everything and it gets the juices flowing it gets the blood flowing and allows for you know better oxidation of fat it allows for um, just your body and your tissue to slide and glide and actually start to move it's just it's one of the most needed things it's the thing we hope to be able to do you know as we age and get older it's the thing that we need to be able to do well to get us into the gym, to lift the weights. It's the thing, it's the precursor to everything. Like we talk about breath, like walking, crawling, those have stood the test of time and they provide so much value on the body with the hips and structural, you know, balance and stability and, and those things. Um, they are reflexive stability, you know, like we're building stability as we travel from one foot to the other and and shift and balance and all those things. And the relationship that has with our brain is like the thing that just, you know, that's the part that, that makes this stuff so cool. It's like, we think we have an idea about why something is healthy and then you realize what it does for your brain and you realize you know nothing. <laughs> and it's like, okay. Well, I think like if you were to ask me, okay, we're going to take a lineup of 90 year old people, right? Yeah. They're all 90. And if you were to ask, okay, what would be the qualities of somebody, if you saw somebody that was 90 years old, that you would say that person is healthy, 
what would they be doing if they're 90? Like, well, they're not going to be doing jujitsu. They're not going to be in here, probably not in here swinging kettlebells, but what are they doing? Well, they're not in a wheelchair. They're not using a cane. They're walking upright with good posture. Like they're, those, that, like, that's what I think of when I'm 90, like yeah. I understand my limitation. Well, hope to be 90 for one, but then just to be able to walk well. It's the alignment on our vehicle. We know if we, we leave our car in the garage for too long, it, you know, might not start up as well. It needs to be driven around. It needs to be moved. We know the alignment on things um, in our car. Like we, we, we change that up. And, and, and walking provides us an assessment all the time of what's happening in our body. And it also provides us. Well, you just said something there because there's an interesting thing. Let's, let's talk about it like as people age and posture starts to deteriorate. Therein lies still that now there are obviously cases and their extremes and stuff I'm not going there, but the majority of time therein lies that decision. How much do I want to fight intentionally every moment of moving and being and how much am I going to let go? And what I mean is like when, when I see of older people with a lot of, uh, you know, kyphosis or rounded over shoulders, just poor posture. I, I always wonder, I'm like, I wonder how hard that person worked. I wonder how, you know, mu- how intentional their movement was. Uh, and I guess as the experience has gone by and the, in the years have gone by, it's kind of going back, goes back to the hypothetical healthy person. Like you see when somebody's still gardening and moving around, it's like, man, they, they did it and they did it intentionally. And then it's just been a part of their life. Um, and I, and we got to get people, we got to get people walking just physiologically, like the lowering of cortisol, our stress hormone, you know, I mean, is, is one thing, the stress relief that walking gets you, the energy expenditure that walking gets you, the zone, so to say, of cardio that the walking is in is actually in a nice fat oxidating zone. I mean, it's got nothing but positive benefits. And when we know how much how important exercise is to the heart and the body. Walking is the foundation of exercise. It's also like, you know, paleo got real popular. And I think walking is like a super paleo thing. <laughs> Isn't it like, I remember, I remember watching this documentary. I don't, it was like a discovery channel thing. And they talked about like ancient human and the, it may have even been like Mythbusters or something like that, but they talked about, humans used to hunt by basically just like walking and jogging down animals until the animals died because the animals had to stop to breathe. Like a deer has to stop to breathe. It can't continue to breathe and lower its heart rate when it's continually running away. And so as humans, we would hunt by just like long-term walking down animals until they eventually just collapsed from exhaustion. And that's like, we're made to do that. Like humans are made to walk and I, and, you know, slowly jog those kinds of things that were designed to do because we use that as a hunting technique, which I was just like pretty fascinating, but man, talk about the ultimate, just what is a human designed to do? Well, we didn't always have cars or anything like that, but walking, that's something that is just so innately human. And how, how many people are sitting there for weeks upon weeks, bitching, building up their plan, building up their motivation to start doing something. Also spending money at a gym that they're not going to or something when they can just walk outside every day. And if they start to get into that rhythm, you've never really found a person that didn't talk about the value 
that it has on their mentality. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if, if you, if people are the, especially outside, I mean, think about the outside walk with the 15, 20 minutes of vitamin D. I mean, there's enough science to support that until the cows come home. We got yeah. that forever. I mean, so the value of those is, and I can't tell you guys, man, if, if you're just getting up and moving 10, 15 minutes here and there and, a, and having some intention in it and those stack up to just things you start doing every day in your life, you, you will get fit. Like you will get fitter for sure. I also, this is sort of, unrelated to the fitness and and in a way, but I know for Tara and I as well, like it's very important for our relationship because we go on a lot communication often, you know, we'll take the dog for a walk. It's good for the dog, by the way, we actually, okay. So we just got back from the vet. She had a little ear thing that when you go to the vet, you weigh the dog. Well, we let our dog get a little bit overweight, a little bit Mm -hmm. too much, but man, she is down like 12 pounds or something. Like we've just been like just shedding the weight off of her because she's going for walks every day. So it's also really good for her. And it's funny because you can see that translate of it's, it's like a, a microcosm of what would happen to us as humans as well. If we just do that, because what's happening to my dog? Well, she's acting younger than she has. She's got more energy. She's losing weight and feeling better. And she's like healthier than she's been in forever because we really started making it a point to take her on walks. It's like, why would it be any different for humans? But it's also the moment that for us, we, we set our phones aside. There's no TV or anything. And we talk. We talk about business. We just talk about plans. We talk about whatever. But it's an opportunity for Tara and I to just talk and communicate. And so that also plays into the stress. That plays into, you know, t- t- to all those things. It's just an opportunity to communicate where we've got nothing else to do besides walk and talk. And so, yeah. You know, I think that's another aspect is when you get to do that with another human, it really helps to provide some connection to that person. Man, tribe, connection, communication with somebody that there's nothing better than just to go on a walk like and, and have a you know, conversation. If you're somebody who has to make phone calls and, and do things, emails, even just do it. Go walk around for a minute. Like it works for everybody who does it. I've not found anybody who's like, saying it's actually very hard for this group of people to do and everybody makes it happen if you want to make it happen you want to be healthier you want to to literally be more of a vibrant human being then you got to get off your butt and you got to walk it's free it's what you should be doing anyways and it's something you're going to hope to keep up and it is getting it is popular right now i don't know what it is it was you know the step count kind of thing went in there for a while and and now it's the 10 minute walks and it's funny when it hits like the little fitness niches, like when it hits the bodybuilding kind of uh, physique crowd, you know, they start coming out and now all the influencers like, are you doing your 10, you know, it's doing their 10 minute walks all the time. It's the powerlifting side of thing. And then these, these big burly powerlifting coaches, a lot of badass dudes, Stan Efferding is one, the vertical diet. Um, you know, he just starts promoting 10 minute walks now. And it's like Stan Efferding figured it out. It's like fucking... <laughs> okay <laughs> just go on a walk people like, everybody <laughs> should be telling everybody that you know so um but that's kind of the funny stuff with with all of this is is we we make it confusing we literally do we make it is it better to aim for ten thousand steps or is it better to just do three 10 minute walks a day like you said but if i do three 10 minute walks uh, i only get five thousand steps 
But what if one of the walks is 20 minutes? Does that mean I just do one 10 minute walk after that? Or do I do two other? Ten? <laughs> yeah. And then maybe that 20 minute walk, since it was longer in duration, the intensity was down. So you probably didn't burn as many calories as you would have with three, you know what I mean? Like not two and one and all that. That's just the, the kind of madness that we get our minds into and we wrap our heads around what our opinion of what we want to believe. And then in, people are out there. And if somebody is trying to literally make you walk a certain way, then just take the, the advice of walking from them. But don't worry about their method. Like, get out there and walk. It's three 10-minute walks. Set your system. You know, do your system and, and see how it and helps you. See And then see if you want to add to it or take away. It doesn't matter. But the, the choice is yours get up get walking have some intention into it exactly relax feel your steps look around talk to people do stuff like just be a be a human being don't just sit inside yeah all the time i think it's funny because the other hot thing right now man is this what do we call it it was carnivore a year ago it's animal-based diet now they've changed it well, they, they, they ride with animal-based diet now. As opposed you know, to plant-based diet. As opposed to carnivore because, you know, I don't know. The animal-based diet is just their carnivore diet with the approved other things on the other side, which are, you know, honey, um, berries. Let's Let's just leave it there. Honey and berries. And then... So I dive even deeper down, Mr. Carnivore MD. I love following his thing, and I love actually um, commenting on his stuff every day because he's so passionate, and I like to be one of the. This is the only person I'm ever uh, one of those guys you like on. To troll him a little I bit. troll it because it's just like, it's I don't know. It's like I get his message every day, but it's like every day he's like hammered in. It's like the government, da 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 da, and they're doing this. It's like, dude, we've we're fat and we're terrible. Like, we've known this shit forever. Like, people know the, if you got the answers, why are we still fucked up? Oh, it's because of the plant. We're eating too many plants. Uh, okay. Like, whatever. No, but it's, there's more to it than that. I'm not saying <laughs> that. But sometimes he, we oversimplify he really things. Puts, and I do like the animal based stuff. I'm actually, I, I really like that. I think it's very simple. Um, and it's good. You get your carbs, you get your, your, your micronutrients and your antioxidants and stuff. But, and I'm going to pull this up real fast here because I can pull it up quick. Um, so I like that, but I started thinking, I'm like, okay, well, we were carnivore and then now we're kind of plant, okay, animal-based grocery list. Your protein, uh, your grass-fed beef, pasture-raised pork, pasture-raised chicken, organ meat, uh, bone broth, wild-caught fish, and soy-free eggs. Your fats that you can have, you can have A2 dairy, you can have tallow, you can have grass-fed ghee. The carbs, you can have. You can have. eat tallow. I, did, I guess I didn't yeah, even know that. Yeah, you can use, uh, yeah. And the carbs, you can have raw organic honey, and you can have fruits like apples, oranges, berries, pineapples, pears, melons, bango, bananas, mango, dates. And the non-sweet fruits that you can have are uh, avocado, olive oil, pumpkin, squash, zucchini, and cucumber. So that's that's pretty much like 
There's your animal based as as on the carnivore MD here. Your animal based thirty diet month challenge has lifted off. Follow it. So I like look at it and I'm like, it's the paleo diet. <laughs> it's like whole thirty. <laughs> And then it gets even better because, again, great guy. I like a lot of his stuff. I'm just this is my time to rant. And I went down. I'm listening to a podcast, and it's like animal diet for performance. You know, this is where this is exactly what paleo did. Remember when it was like paleo plus dairy, paleo plus starch? It's like we added this new. Yeah, well, some people can tolerate a little bit of of grain, so you have paleo plus starch, or you know, it's like oh my god, what are we doing here? So I go down, I'm listening to this. George St. Pierre did a little animal diet. And George St. Pierre was basically doing this animal diet, you know, grocery list. Like what I what we're going to call animal diet or, or paleo diet, whatever we're looking at here. And the harder, the more intense the training, like any recommendation would be is we're adding in a little bit more from the other side. And you know what they were adding in? What? Sweet potatoes and white rice. I'm like, well, now it's the fucking vertical diet. Now it is stand up for things vertical diet. A hundred percent. Like basically besides the carrot, because carrots aren't on our approved carb. And, uh, you know, but like, think about that. If we pulled up Whole30, we're going to find broccoli. We're going to find carrots. We're going to find some things that are not on the animal-based grocery list and these animal based carnivore md and sean baker and everybody are literally using their doctorates to tell you that some of these foods can be very some of these vegetables can be very toxic for you it might be but like in the grand scheme of things of how long we're on this earth and what we're seeing dude i don't i have not seen anybody suffer from starting to eat fruits and vegetables and nuts and seeds and going paleo. Now, maybe somebody then, as we talked about at the first of this, intentionally dives deeper down their stuff and starts to figure out through their blood work what makes them thrive better. But I'm not seeing – it's like, dude, you're saying this stuff, and how how much longer are you living, going to live than everybody else? And, like, where are, where are all these just massive, healthier people that perform better in everything? Because they didn't eat you got lettuce. to change in blood markers beyond belief. And the ones you change are always shit processed American westernized food people. And then we put them on this. We could have put them on Whole30. We could have put them on Paleo. We could have put them on anything that had real food. And I'd have got pretty much the same damn thing. Or if yours was that much better, I mean... We'd, we would this topic wouldn't even be out there but i think it's just funny how and again i like this stuff i follow this guy he's got a great podcast like I, i'm not it i just the where we got to look in this stuff it's like man I, I see him this is the animal-based diet well it's it's the fucking paleo diet you just infographic a couple of things around and the more we all just start to kind of take whatever real food we want to work with and put it in our little system and make sure everybody doesn't eat too out of control with it. We're all, we all won. That's the weird thing. It's like even the vegans can win. Even vegans are making strong, healthy people. And I know that pisses a lot of people off. I'm not a vegan. I don't really like It's not my thing at all. But 
somebody makes it work scientifically, right? And with blood markers and they can back it up and they can show you that they can make it work. So again, we get back into that same conversation, but that kind of thing I thought was funny. And I think people just need to kind of look at that. They need to take what's useful for them and look more at that. Okay. Animal-based diet. Well, don't get lost and think the animal-based diet is going to be your savior, a real food diet. And maybe it's all those animal-based foods. That, that's all you, you need. But when we start the things that we're taking out and demonizing now between camps of real food supporters is broccoli, it's carrots, it's nuts. You know, it's like, okay, I don't know that you've lost me now because in, when we have this conversation, you better be, your track record better be perfect here. You better be the healthiest human being that's coming in to then be able to start nitpicking broccoli. <laughs> but we're nitpicking. I mean, we, but we're just confusing the shit out of everybody, man. Yeah. You know, because then I go into the jiu-jitsu gym and, and you see it all the time around here. It's like, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And it's like, how do I explain to them that, you know, that infographic has avocado. The other one doesn't. Right. Right. It's like the avocado isn't what killed anybody. No, it it's, isn't. It's habits. That's not the obesity epidemic, the heart troubles, the COPD and everything else that people have. Man, it's it's not from because they ate too many vegetables. That's our that's our routine. That's our where we the routine of our mind where it takes us where we've allowed it to take us every day our habits our choices our things and perfect little segue man the 10 minute walk can literally throw a wrench into that shit man like if you're stuck having a food craving or you're stuck and stressed or you're you know even trying to figure out how to eat healthier and it's just driving you crazy because everybody's arguing with each other and they say they're right but they all have track records it's like get up Go for a walk and eat real food first. Keep doing that and you'll start to, you'll figure out where you want to be. And then when, you know, that's, that's the game. And I'm going to steal something from our vet today since that's on my mind. He was talking about the diet for our dog who's got some food allergy stuff. And he was saying, you know, if we shift this diet over in this direction, I think this is again, so applicable to humans that you can't do it for three days and then come back and tell me it didn't work. Fine. You got to do it for eight weeks, 12 weeks, 16 weeks. Then we can start to see, are we having some impact? Like once you, you got to get down the line a ways and give it a chance to work. Nature has to take its course. The further you are away, the more you got to be aware that the discomfort, like you put, you walked yourself that far back in a true healing and a true recovery the discomfort is walking back through there again but when you do the other side is so you know wonderful and the other side with food can be so stress free if you just view food as nutrients and you know from the earth and find what makes you thrive and what makes you work and you're doing your best and when you start doing that with exercise too you find the things that you enjoy and find the basics within them and get good at the basics within them. You can't, you know, you become a jack of all trades, master of none and exercise, and that's not going to make you healthy. What's going to make you healthy is to, to pick found things that have stood the test of time and just getting really good at the basics and walking and eating real food. 
So that's your challenge this week, everybody. Go walk. Yeah. Go walk. Coach, tell them how they can find you. If they want to hit you up, maybe they've got some questions they want to ask because we are going to continue to answer listener questions here on the Green Strength Podcast. But you got to send them to us if you want us to hear them. So Coach Luke, where can they find you if they want to send you a question to be answered right here on the air? At greenstrengthhq.com or at greenstrengthiv on Instagram. Check them out and just keep coming back because again, we're here on the Green Strength Podcast every week bringing you all the great discussions that we're continuing to have, answering all the questions that I have that Coach Luke can keep playing you know, just pouring that wisdom into all of us. So come back every single week. We're going to keep bringing you lots of great content and make sure go hit them up on Instagram, go to the website, send us your questions, send us your thoughts, and we'll talk about them here on the Green Street Podcast. So we'll see you next time right here on the Green Street Podcast.